So what's up, everybody? This is Ruben Garcia, and this is a beautiful day. And today on the Proven by Ruben podcast, we have Alyssa Hennessy. Mm-hmm. What's up? Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Excited to be here. Yes. Yeah. So if you could, tell everyone who you are, what you do, how you do it, and all that good jazz. Okay. So my name is Alyssa Hennessy, and yeah. uh, I recently uh, resigned as the Events and Promotions Director at Seed, so some of you might know me from that capacity with the food trucks around town and Mm -hmm. uh, dancing with the Fayetteville stars and that sort of thing. Um, But I have recently branched out on my own to pursue uh, writing professionally and a dream interpretation and what we call professional encouragement. So I think we're kind of in the same boat, what we do, but but just a different capacity. So yeah. So how was that? How was that? exiting from seed was that a scary thing to do was it something you prepared yourself for yeah um i i had prepared myself for it because when i went in i was expecting it to be a part-time temporary position yeah um i had originally originally just planned on um directing one dancing with the Fayetteville stars and i ended up staying for two years because you were just that good (laughs) yeah you ain't going nowhere I um I love Seed. I love everybody that works there, and um you know it's there's never a good time to leave a good job, right? And right. so uh, even on my last day, I was like, what am I doing? I love all the people in this building, but I know that um especially writing and dream interpreting, you know, word had kind of spread that that's. That was kind of my side hustle, yeah. and so it start to started to take off a little bit. And um, and honestly, when I was talking to my um, you know, my colleagues at Seed and stuff, my position at Seed really did exactly what Seed is supposed to do. I went there enjoying writing, and I left a writer, right? You know, and um, and so. Just while I was there, I made a lot of really great connections um, and and learned a ton. And I was like, you know, I think that it's time to kind of take the show on the road. Yeah, <laughs> so. no doubt. So what's the what's the biggest thing you took out of Seed? Um, honestly, to be brave and go for it. Um, what does brave look like for you? Uh, doing the thing that I know that I want to do. And, and that's what, uh, you know, anybody that walks through Seed's doors, and I know you and I actually have talked about this before on a podcast with Seed. Yep. Um, but anybody that goes through Seed's doors, no matter what program they're partaking, yeah. um, it, you have to be brave. Like, it takes guts to walk in that building because either you're looking to start a business or um, grow your business or you need help with your business. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not sure if it's it's going to make it and you need to revamp some things. Right. Um, or, you know, people who need self-sufficiency teaching and yeah. um, housing and that sort of thing. It just, it takes guts to walk in there. And so being there for two years and um, re- really working for Susie and working with everybody that's in there, just hearing that theme over and over, like keep moving, keep going forward, keep, you know, keep pursuing it. Yep. And so, um, after my second Dancing with the Fayetteville Stars, I was I still loved what I was doing, but I was starting to get that itch to really to write. Like I love writing, and um, 
there's no time when you're working 40, 50 hours a week. Right. I, I mean, there is. You you can always find time. Sure. Um, but the I have three small children, too. So anything yeah. that was outside of a full-time job was, you know, my kids and my husband right. and, and all of those things. Um, but, yeah, just so seed taught me to go for it and be brave. And guess what? <laughs> you're being brave, right? Yeah, like you, yeah. you, you jumped and, and now yeah. you're moving into the things that you truly mm-hmm. enjoy. So when you say writing, what type of writing? So um, right now I'm actually working on, so I have a, a website. That, okay. Um, I wouldn't define myself as a blogger, but uh, Jenny Bell and the other Fayetteville blogger folks have uh, kind of taken me into their their circle and taught me their ways. Yeah. Um, but I, it used to be just a really long Instagram caption. Right. <laughs> and um, But right now I'm actually working on a novel based on my experience with cancer. I was diagnosed oh. with cancer when I was 17. So it's a, a novel based on true experiences. Is it is it something that you have uh, compiled since you were 17? Like if you're going back to old notes and old feelings or is it something you're just, um, you're kind of no, sitting down with yourself now? No, it's, um, you know, it's a story that I've told for a really long time. So that's actually how I define myself professionally as Alyssa Hennessy, a storyteller, um, because I think stories are so important. No doubt. Um, And so my cancer story, even though it's just one chapter of my life, it it was a a forming story of my life. And so when people ask me certain things about myself, I I have visible scars. so people will be like, oh, what's that from? And it just, it reminds me of, I'll, I'll tell them my story of what I went through and um, what I learned through it and how I came out of it. It's a story of hope. Right. Um, so it's, I haven't been working on the book. And actually, this is a shift doing a novel. Um, originally, I had planned on doing a, like a memoir. Um, right. But there are certain, for one thing, it's actually 20 years ago today. That I was Whoa. diagnosed. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, we planned it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, I know. Okay. I, know. I mean, cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. No, yeah. no, it, it's it's huge. 20 okay. years is huge. Yeah, so, no doubt. um, well, and it was kind of funny because this date came up and you're like, can we do this date? And I was like, and that's the 20 year <laughs> yeah. anniversary. So, yeah. yeah. Mic drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's been 20 years and, and, uh, my mom is the author. And so she's kind oh, of, cool. um, uh, fought the good fight going uphill and figuring things out for me. And one of the things that I've learned from her is um, memoirs are really different than any other kind of writing capacity, right? So if I'm writing a memoir or if you want to write your autobiography or however you do it, every single fact in the story has to be 100% true. Right. And um, not that I'm looking to exaggerate or lie or right. anything like that, but it's down to the weather that day, the color of the building, those sorts of things. Right. So if I want to write a chapter or a, a you know a paragraph about what it felt like um, the first day that I I walked into the cancer center, right? Does it matter to the reader if the building was tan or gray? Do I really remember if the building is tan or gray? I mean, it was twenty years ago, you know. So I yeah I. I actually do remember the color, but um, is that important to the story? Right. Not really. What's right. important is I remember how it felt. Right. And I remember what I experienced, you know, being 17 years old, my senior year of high school, 
what that was like in that moment, yeah. you know? And so um, for the sake of storytelling, it's easier to tell a story if you can write it and let it unfold. You know, you have your your destinations and your key themes and points along right. the way. Um, but it, it's kind of cool in doing fiction that you can let the story grow and fill in right. um, um, parts that let the story tell itself too, right. you know? So it reaches a bigger audience. Yeah. And I think it has a bigger um, capacity to inspire hope in, in people than if I tried to do a memoir. I'm not famous. I'm right. not, you know, right. all of these things, but it's still, it's still a story of hope and the theme doesn't change. Right. So. Did you find yourself digging up old emotions that didn't even realize were there still lingering and yeah so I actually wrote my memoir and completed it two years ago oh. and stopped hardcore at a certain chapter yeah like, where it was like it. yep not doing it can't go anymore yep. <laughs> like did, like thought it was cool yeah. not cool you know so it's and like, I'll lay you right here yeah yep. and I'm going to exit and yep. never touch that <laughs> just again just like back up yeah. very slowly <laughs> yeah yeah um, so yeah, it does stir up things, you know, because, uh, especially if you're doing your entire memoir, different seasons that, that you don't want to think about, like, right. you, well, and even in my cancer, you know, my story of hope with cancer, there's a whole part of that, that I'm not even going to touch on because I don't think it's pertinent in the novel. Sure. And it might come up, um, Maybe in an, another book. Who knows? Maybe there's another novel down right. the road that can right. discuss those themes. Yeah. Um, but it's it is interesting what what drums up when you write. Yeah. A, at least for writers. Right. So, yeah. H how much longer <laughs> do you think till that book is finished? So my goal is to actually finish it by the end of the month. Whoa. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, did it, you want to kind of hit it around that 20th anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. So, um. I didn't intentionally resign at seed in time for November. Um, right. But what's interesting is um, November is the National Novel Writers Month. It's called NaNoWriMo. Um, nice. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that's on a shirt somewhere. It is. It's on <laughs> coffee cups and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Hashtag NaNoWriMo. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually a nonprofit. NaNoWriMo is a nonprofit. Oh, gotcha. And, um, but internationally, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people cramming to write a novel during oh. the month of November. This, huh. this has been going on since the 80s. Um, and there are lots of books that are published right now that are NaNoWriMo books. That people, the goal is fifty thousand words in thirty days. Wow! So, so when did it's you a sprint? But when did you start? November first. Get out of here! Yeah. So. So where are you at? Where? Like how uh, many words wise, have I written? Percent wise, yeah. Percentage. Um, I'm about twenty percent done. Well, that's not bad. We're so, in day what? Yeah, five. five. <laughs> yeah. So my goal was to have ten thousand words by tonight. I'm at eight thousand two hundred right now. What did I just so. do? I feel like I've interrupted. <laughs> This so time. I thought about that yeah. coming here. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I could have got so much writing." To, to, but I this, know. Is, but this is important. Uh, so. I feel so bad now. Yeah. Well, and then in hindsight too, I was like, maybe I should have met with him like after I published the book. Well, yeah. So, but I do have a website that people can go to. Well, the cool. Th so the side that I see is like mm -hmm. we get to see the hustle in the middle. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Right. Uh, in the middle of doing it. Right. Um. 
And I appreciate you coming and doing this in the middle of this crazy because uh, people will download it. I put on actual it. shoes today. I like love them. it's good because I've been oh, like, yeah. I've been like, it, like she like, took a shower today. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it, when you're writing, it, when the goal is two thousand words a day, that doesn't sound like a lot if you're a writer. Like oh. if if you're a writer, right. you know, it's like oh. In the the goal, so for NaNoWriMo, it's 50,000, but my goal is actually 60,000 because that's um, more marketable for novels. Oh, okay. So my goal was 60,000, and I so have no excuses, like, because all my kids are bigger, you know, older. They're in school full time, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is that? that? So you're about to, what time do you wake up now that you're in this month, like? Okay, so I wake up. Like, what does that look like, you know, getting prepared and... Right. So my goal has been to write from 9 to 2, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day while my kids are gone. Okay. Um, So I wake up with my kids, um, you know, 6.15 in the morning, get them right. I mean, they get ready on their own, but make sure that they all have brush their teeth and are wearing, like... Boys. Human clothes, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. not pajamas yeah. or whatever. So, my daughter is almost eight, and she's kind of like a raccoon. So, just making sure that she's like brushed her hair yeah. and is like can go in public. And then um, I go to the gym, get my breakfast in. My husband goes to work somewhere in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And then um, typically I'll have my cup of coffee and play with my dog and. Uh, do whatever social media stuff I need to do. And then I try to start writing right at nine. Right. So, and then I only write for 25 minutes, take a five minute break. Um, you know, I'll make another cup of coffee or whatever. Right. And I go right back to writing. Why, so. why 25 minutes? Um, that's just what works for me. Oh, okay. Um, I, I know. So I have the whole thing, um, outlined, like I said, I have like my my points that I want to hit on. So right. I'm writing month by month, um, and then kind of developing from um, July. So like three months before I was diagnosed, and developing the characters and that sort of thing along the way. Um, right. And then I just find that it that's what it takes for me to do a section of a chapter is about 25 minutes. Right. Okay. What happens so. when? And so I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. What happens when you, although it seems pretty cool and it's something that I feel, I feel like almost every human being has thought about writing a book. I think so too. Yeah. You know, I mean. Because I definitely have. I just. I think it's really romanticized yeah. too. Um, it's lonely. Like I'm only five days in, but it, like last uh, Friday, I guess, like you're like, all right, I need to put on pants with a zipper and yeah. go make eye contact with somebody. <laughs> That's so funny. So it's, um, but it it can be lonely and um, I'm not, I'm not really an introvert. Yeah, right. So that's, that's things to focus on. What happens, and this was the question I was going to, I was going to ask, but I went off into, I feel like every human being wanted to write a book. Um, What happens when you hit, because I've seen this in the movies and I just kind of want your, Mm -hmm. your look into it. What happens when you hit a block, like a writer's block? What do you do? Well, for me, I went and got a job at Seed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So go get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's so uh, funny. Because I really did. You know, we moved here and I was like, oh, I'm going to finish my book. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and so. Well, at least um, you worked at a business place. So it's going to teach yeah, you how to like. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, you know, we had just come here and 
I didn't know anybody and I was like, oh, I need a way to meet people and get involved in the community and I could not have landed at a better place. Right. So, but right. Um, for a lot of people, I'm, fortunately I haven't hit writer's block, but I really feel like I was prepped for this season. Like I was itching to write way before November 1st. Right. So it's just spilling out of me at this point. Right. Um, but I think a, a lot of people, there's different things that different people do, you know. Yeah. The 25 minute, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, um, seems to be a, a standard practice for uh. people. Um, just in the writers groups that I'm in and stuff. And when people start saying, you know, oh, I'm having writer's block or I'm staring at this blank page, I don't, I don't really know how to move forward. The advice from people who've been there is like, are you taking enough breaks? Because you're going to get mm. writer's fatigue. And so... And then will you find, feel like you're forcing something that shouldn't be on the paper? Y- yeah. And uh, so actually another thing that they say is to take a break from your um, your whip, your work in prog- progress. Mm. Um, take a break from that and go um, either to like Pinterest or online groups or whatever and find a writer's prompt and write something completely uh. unrelated to what you're doing. So, and they're all over, yeah, yeah. And they're all over, um, you know, social media, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, that people post like a writer's prompt and it can be something really basic, but they'll just take that and run with it. And so it's like, it is just like a jump start, you know, and then, and it might grow into become a part of your work in progress, you know, or it might like stir up something that, oh, we could add this in or whatever you need to do. Has it interesting? Yeah. Has anything happened by accident? Like, has anything just in your world happened by accident? You're like, oh, that would be great in the book. Um, like in real life? Like in real life. um, not yet. Okay. It's going to so, happen today. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I, one thing that's really weird with writing fiction and I kind of thought it was a, you know, a, a load when I was reading about it in all these writers groups that I'm in, um, they were like, Oh, let your story tell you what to write. Let your characters grow themselves. Let, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, that kind of sounds like humbly jumbly to yeah. me. Woo-woo. But yeah, but it was really weird because even my second day writing, I knew kind of where I wanted some characters to go. Um, but then as I was writing, like a character showed up. In this, in it, oops, and um, and like named themselves, and it it was a combination of like three characters that I had plotted, but they turned into one person, and it was like, oh, cool, (laughs) you know. And so I was writing, I was like, this is what they're talking about, (laughs) you know. It's like the characters named themselves, and I was like, that's freaky. But I mean, a dream. And I'm a dream interpreter, so I'm open to freaky things. Oh you know? yeah, so, like, we'll, like weird. We'll be jumping on that too. Um, yeah. So who's 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 your favorite author? I know you probably don't have a favorite, oh, but like, gosh. who's the one that? Um, like as far fiction or nonfiction? Or? We'll do fiction then nonfiction. Okay, so fiction. Um, I really like Kristen Hanna. I've just started reading some of her novels. I know her. You do no. like. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, I feel like 
like I went to high school with a Kristen Hannon. Oh, really? Yeah. Hannon? <laughs> Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. Hannah. So um, she's she's written several novels, um, but I really like her writing style. And um, it's interesting one of the stories that one of her, I'm reading one of her books right now, and it's, I can relate to it. As like one of her characters oh. is a photojournalist. I was a photojournalist for 16 years. So I don't go looking for photojournalism books, right. but I seem to find them. Yeah. And so it's, uh, but it's kind of cool. I couldn't put it down last night. And that's another thing with writing, like to read just as much as you write. That helps. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least for me. And right. I don't think I'm alone. Yeah. So. Is it just... You kind of uh, hear how other people write things or different experiences or how their mm-hmm. character comes in. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, it helps with telling the story. It all right. comes back to storytelling to me. Right. And the craft. And so, um, and then it helps me with grammar too. Like I tend to second guess my grammar because mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not an English. I mean, I do like have media background, but right. you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not like a, definitely not a literature grammar yeah. teacher are you gonna have someone like look over it yeah, yeah. so i actually already have six beta readers which oh, are cool. That's yeah a thing yeah yeah it's really cool and in these groups you can go hey i'm gonna need a beta reader here's what i'm doing and oh. they're like i'll are do it what's your story about are some people scared that like I would never do that because they're gonna take my idea and blah blah blah? Have you ever? Um yeah. So yeah. apparently, um, which I haven't, I haven't done this yet. But over the last two years, like I've learned to take criticism a lot better. Like I got criticized in my position at Seed a lot, like publicly. Oh really? Yeah. So from in in not from anybody that really mattered, but I was like um, I've never heard it. Yeah. So well, that's good. <laughs> but <laughs> now I'm gonna research now. <laughs> But, like, new girl comes to town, drags all these food trucks downtown. You know, there was some stuff that I had to deal One of the greatest with. things that's happened. <laughs> right, which was phenomenal. It was yeah. a really cool experience. That's where we got Fowler's. Right, absolutely. And so, it, I love Fowler's. And he so, was on the podcast. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. I love them. So, um, but the last two years, I've learned to take some criticism. Yeah. And just keep moving forward. Yeah. Like, I mean, Susie Rabowski, she, like... She will tell you she's an awesome cheerleader to her staff, and yeah. um, but she's hardcore. And she, you know, I I was just getting hammered one day about an event that I did, um, left and right, phone ringing off the hook, all you know, all kinds of stuff. Oh, we didn't like this, we didn't like that. And she pulled me into her office, and she was like, "At the end of the day, did you raise the money for the program? Yeah. Okay. Were people happy? Yeah. Are you happy with how it went?" Yeah. Is your boss happy? Who is her? And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And she's like, all right, keep moving forward. Yeah. Like, you have to have some thick skin. In any time you take a risk, you have to have a little bit of thick yeah. skin. And so, um, so what I keep hearing is to write like everyone's going to love what you write. And that opens you up to just write everything. Right. And then edit with really thick skin. Like be right. o- be okay if half your book gets chopped and they're like cut this whole chapter out, right? Or, you know this entire storyline. Do you know of a uh, author who's never done, like has just opened themselves up and just published that? Um, no. I wonder if and that's a. Theme. So I I don't 
Because I almost it feel like it probably is a thing, especially yeah. with self-publishing and indie indie writers. Um, but I mean, in my opinion, that it would be kind of ignorant to do that because when you're writing, you skip over so many words like especially if you're in the flow so no matter how many times you try to reread it yeah you're gonna reread it and not know i mean well that makes sense because i can't do a post without giving it to the wife and like approving and yeah no that makes sense well like i just did a post on instagram the other day and i meant to write white wine and i wrote wine wine you know and what was on your mind (laughs) wine 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 (laughs) actually (laughs) exclamation mark wine yeah the um holiday fair yeah and so (laughs) it's like so i went to write white wine and i reread it like four times before i posted it and my friend jenny bell she's go fayetteville yeah and um she was like wine wine is that like a double shot or something i was like ah this is why this it. is why you need an editor, yeah. you know. Right. But I have um so I have beta readers and they're people who will read your book and be like, I like your I like the genre, so I'm going to read that book. Mm. Is that like a volunteer yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Cool. And it it's kind of to be able to be like, I'm the first one who ever read that book, uh, you know. And yeah. so but and and people are interested in my story. Um you know, so so that's cool. Like yeah. I, I put on one of these groups, I put what what I was doing, and I was like, I'm going to start looking for better readers. And it was like boop 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 boop, and people were like, absolutely, can't wait to wait to read all of your books. Please tell me you're doing mm. more than that one. You know, Dang. all all. Cool. So it was really encouraging. Um, and then you have the editor, at, at least one editor yeah. that's like, we'll edit for what what you need to be publishable yeah so. could so the is it a facebook group that you say hey i need a beta mm-hmm. or or can anybody be a, not saying that i'll go in there but mm-hmm. can anybody go in there and be a beta reader yeah um or, i or do you have to like do well, x the, amount the groups that i'm in um I'm in three that are really big, like over 60,000 people in these oh, groups. Okay. Oh, okay. And, um, but there are groups, like one's called Writers Helping Writers. Um, and people post in there like, hey, here are the four options for my book covers. What do you guys think? Please mm, vote. Gotcha. And then people, not only will they That's vote, great marketing too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, it is. And um, not only will people vote on like your book cover, but people will chime in and be like, hey, I make a six-figure living doing as an author. And I'm going to tell you right now that option number B is not going to be marketable, mm. you know, because of your font or whatever it is. Whoa. And so it, I've learned so much just in being there for the last year. Right. Um. And, and then and there's a couple other groups that are just as NaNoWriMo. I mean, that's an international group, so it's a little tricky because international writing is a little different from, you know, writing to a certain audience. Yeah. So, so crazy how deep. Because oh, I, yeah. I just know Layers. the surface, the very, yeah. very, like, mm-hmm. super surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to hear you say just how in-depth this stuff is gets you yeah know? i mean so much thought goes into it thought goes into this yeah a thought goes so, into what picture he put yeah on here, so I, know? I know i like that mm-hmm. like i love like when you said pick one out of four i was like that's great marketing like yeah. i understand yeah that and then 
so and it kind of kind of rolls me into what I want been what I want to ask is have you thought about what your cover will look like? So I have I haven't I actually don't even have a title yet. I think I have a title. We can't say it. We can't. Yeah. No. We can't. <laughs> no, because I don't. I really don't. Like, yeah. I I don't love it. And that's why mm. I'm not sold on it yet. Gotcha. But typically, they say that your book will, the same thing, your book will tell you what its title is. So what if, so. what if, what if you picked what you fell in love with? Mm-hmm. And then that person, said, that 100,000 or, or six-figure person says, hey, that's not marketable title. What do you What do you do then? Um, I would listen. Yeah. So then you oh, change yeah. the title you fell in love with. Yeah. Um, okay. Unless it's something like, like I mean, it, it all goes back to dream, <laughs> dreams. Oh yeah. For me, if now if I have a dream tomorrow night and I'm sitting having coffee with someone who's important to me, and they're like, the title of your book is this. <laughs> I will put that. It will be the title <laughs> yeah. on my book. Or if I'm holding my book and I'm at a conference and I'm holding my book and I'm speaking on dream interpretation or the power of hope or whatever, right. and I look at my book and it has the title on it, that's going to be the title yeah. of my book. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's it might sound a little goofy, but but that's how much I I honor that. Do you, do you? So, f- yeah, no doubt. Do you find where like? There's some dreams where you're swinging that book and you're trying to pay attention. You're trying to read the book. Yeah. Like, oh, just keep it still for a second. Um. <laughs> yeah, I probably have yeah. had that um happen before. Um, I had a dream that I was speaking at a conference one time, and I was really trying to see what conference I was at. Right. Because yeah. I wasn't sure. Like, it was my <laughs> turn to go on stage. Yeah. And um. Because, like, I like to speak about resiliency and, you know, I was in direct sales for a while. So I would speak on direct sales training and sales. Yeah. And I have my degree in counseling. Like, I'm a pastor. And so not knowing what stage I'm going on, I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I going up here to do a sales, you know, and marketing training? Or am I supposed to go talk about Jesus? Like, I don't know. And so I feel like you could roll both of those yeah, in somehow. Yeah. 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 Well, and the interesting for me in just telling you that dream was um the guy, like the guy who was announcing me, like came off stage and he like looked at me like, Hey, are you ready to go? It's your turn. And I go, I don't know why I'm here. And he goes, and he was like, What? <laughs> And I go, I go, I don't know, I don't know what, what do these people want from me? And he goes, well, all anybody wants is to be healed. And I was like, all right, you know? And so, so for me, and because that's what my book's about, you know, hope and healing and Mm -hmm. all of the, you know, the one, that one book of that one chapter of my life 20 years ago that has been a forever theme through my life. Yeah. So. You know. Have you ever, uh, because you are deep into dreams, right, mm-hmm. and interpretation? Yeah, of, yeah. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been in a dream and you know it's telling you something, but you feel like you're about to wake up and you're like, no, 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 stay, just stay right, stay right, stay in this, ah, oh, crap, and then you wake up. Um, no, <laughs> no, but that's really common. Like, yeah, yeah so I have people tell me all the time, like, how can I dream longer? 
you know, or remember more of my dream, you know, and, um, but that is really common where people are like, no, 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 wait, like I need, you know, um, I haven't had that before. I've, I've had a dream where I was like, this is a dream. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and then I actually had a dream about a dream a couple weeks ago and I was like, wow, I'm getting real deep into this, like dream interpretation stuff. (laughs) When do you find yourself saying that, yeah, this is a dream. I mean, I found, and the reason why I go there is because like, for me, you know, if it back in the day, and I was just talking mm-hmm. to the wife about this. I've not had a nightmare before ever. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when I did, I was like, I would convince myself like, no, this is a dream. Like, yeah. I'm not going to, this is, this is all fake. This is all fake. When uh-huh. do you find yourself telling yourself that? Um. Or does it just pop up? It, it just pops up. Yeah. Um, I had a dream about a friend of mine one night. And then the next night, I had a dream about him. But in my dream, I was telling him about the dream I had about him the night before. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That never happened before. Yeah. So then he came over last night, and I was I was telling him about it. And he was like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> you know? And all we, we were moving concrete blocks in the dream. That's all. Like, that's, huh. that's all. Is he helping so. you write the book at all? Like, no, he, no, no. I mean, is he helping you building anything in your life? Th- well, I'm interpreting yeah, your dream right yeah, now. Yeah, you're interpreting. <laughs> um, so, uh, no. But I mean, we've done some really hard things together. You know, ah. he's been a friend of me and my husband, him and his wife yeah. for, you know, 10 years. And they've deployed together twice. And, right. You know, so it's like we've moved a couple of times mm, with them. So. Right. And he always helps us move. Yeah. You know, he's always moving our furniture, like literally moving our furniture. Makes complete sense. He has a truck. You yeah. Know, so that's of the course. only reason we're friends. Of no, course. No, just kidding. <laughs> of course. So, but yeah, so, um, but I had never had that happen before where I was talking about a dream. But I have had a dream. So I have mentors as far as dream interpretation goes that okay. I'll refer to on different stuff. And, um, like, I've had a dream before where I was like, okay, remember this dream because you need to ask Paul about it, you know? Right. So instead of trying to interpret that dream my, for myself, right. which was how I got into it, right? Um, I just sent it to him. And I was like, hey, you know, I had this dream. I think I know what it means, but I'm not sure. And, um, and he came back with something that was completely different from what I had, but was totally accurate. Really? Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Do you know Kelsey Timmis here in the area? Okay. Does she own a yoga? Yes. Pl- yes. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've met once. You so. guys got to sit and talk. Okay. Like, You're like the third person to talk really? about. So, I, so think, I yeah. <laughs> first time has to be on this podcast and I'm going to ah. sit over there <laughs> and just listen to you guys go okay, back and forth. Cool. Cool. That's going to go deep. Yeah. That's going to be a really good podcast. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Well, like, it's kind of funny because I don't just, like, I don't wear a shirt that says a dream interpreter. Right. Tell me your dreams. Yeah. You know, I don't really walk around advertising it. It is on my website. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, I, all, I start posting a little bit more about dreams on my personal Instagram. And um, I'm up to, I'll get six to ten a week. That people wow. send to me, and yeah. you know, I have a whole form that people can fill out and send in. Um, but I've been doing this since 2012, right. 2011. 
So, well, I, I started researching it in 2011 and started kind of doing it for other people in 2012. What's the biggest thing you learned while you're doing this? Like, what is dreams telling us? What's the biggest thing you've taken out of dreams? Um, so the biggest thing that I've learned is that dreams aren't all a hogwash and too many pepperonis on your pizza the night before. The biggest thing I've learned is mm-hmm. that they mean something. Right. Um, they don't always mean something, you know, sometimes you have some residue from the day that, right. you know, just comes out in a dream. Yes. Um, but to, to always listen to them, no matter how silly and stupid they might seem, um, I had a dream one time that, um, I had on a necklace, a necklace that was like very special to me and it wasn't a real necklace. It, like it m- was a necklace that I made up in this dream, right? right? Like I'd never seen the neck necklace before, right. but it was really special and like super important to me. Yeah. And then I went somewhere and it broke and it fell off. And I was, like, devastated that this necklace broke. And right. then when I looked at it, because I couldn't see it, like, Yeah, you just knew neck. it felt great. Yeah, like, I just knew that it was important. Yeah. And when I looked at it, it was a piece of cheap plastic. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know? And so when I woke up, I was like, well, that's a weird dream. You know? But, huh, probably something stupid. You know, maybe my daughter had a cheap plastic necklace on or something like that. But when I when I dug into it a little bit deeper, I realized it was like about identity and like who I had made myself to be, like that that it in it, it was actually in my career. Like I was defined as who I was in my position. Right. And how important that was and all that stuff. And then um because I was a photojournalist for the army. And so it's like not everybody gets to say that, you know, right. you have a lot of visibility wherever you are and um, people, you know, after a certain amount of time, people start to know who you are. And that's how I defined myself was I'm by my job. Right. And I had left that job. And this was like six months later that I had the dream. And I realized like I'd been carrying around this identity as a photojournalist, like and feeling like I was nothing without photojournalism. Right. You know? And oh, maybe I shouldn't have left that job. But it was like, no, that's not my identity isn't in a job that I have or the people that I hang out with or the clothes that I wear, the car that I drive. Like my identity is who I am. Yes. In here. Everything that makes me who I am. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was interesting. It was really therapeutic for me. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a defining dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the that has been the biggest thing that I've seen with this. Um, is And that's part of why, like, I don't charge for dream interpretation. If any anybody that reaches out to me, I'll help them. Right. Um, and it's interesting, you know, social media is such an incredible platform. Um, yeah. Because, like... My my biggest email, like the biggest amount of outreach that I get is from guys between the ages of 18 and 24. Hmm. And which is not like the biggest demographic on Instagram. I would have not. Right. And I would I've, have not even guessed. No. And um, 
and you wouldn't guess that those are the people going for to get their dreams interpreted, right? Hmm. Like, like people have a tendency to put dream interpretation in the same boxes, like psychic readings or, yeah, um, you know, things kind of new age and. What are they? What are you seeing? Like the top three things that come from that demographic. Um. Well, the the demographic. So. Uh, not even just that demographic, but across the board, I get yeah. I get asked the most about teeth falling out. Um, like if you've ever had a dream that you're talking and your teeth are just falling out of your mouth, no, or that you broke a tooth, yeah, or something, you know. Wow, um, what is what's that really about? Common. So usually, like, um, it can it can mean several different things, and I always hate to generalize because I like to hear the entire dream because it might mean something else. But generally speaking, teeth falling out can mean one of two things. Either you have said something in your waking hours that you regret mm. and you can't you can't put words back in your mouth mm. once they've come out or you've bitten off more than you can chew. Like mm. you're working on a project that's maybe bigger than you can handle or um, I've had a couple, a couple, you know, relationship wise, like, You've bitten off more than you can chew right now, like that. Sounds that about sort right. Eighteen to twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but th- so that's a big one, and then um, probably you usually about driving, um, car crashes. That's another big one that I get driving anywhere, um, any kind of transportation, and that's very um, that's those are very common dreams too. Right. Um. And then water. Drowning? Um, drowning or um, spilling water or not being able to put water back where it's supposed to go or like sinks overflowing or, you know, different things What's like that. What's the deal with water? So water almost across the board represents emotions. So um, if you're like, I actually had a reoccurring dream that I drove, I was driving and driving is um, your life journey and, like, in control of where you're going, you know. So if, if I have a dream that I'm driving, then I've, I am in control of my life and my, my future right. journey and my path. Um, I've had dreams where my mom is driving, you know, so that we work together on writing and stuff. My mom is the one driving or my husband is driving, making decisions. He's in the military. So if it's making decisions, he's driving, you know. Right. And um, and so anyway, I had a reoccurring dream. I have two boys that are um, real close in age, and they're both babies at the same time, you know. Right. And um, we're in, like, car seats that I had to get them out of. And um, in this dream, I drove off a bridge into a river, and I had to choose which one to get Oh, snap. Yeah, and it was a reoccurring dream over and over and over from the time that my second son was born until I became got into dream interpretation. Why did you have to choose? So I think that it was my emotions trying to figure out how to find balance as a mommy in taking care of two little boys that were very demanding. And I, I have, they're really well behaved. Even as, even as <laughs> babies, they were so well, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're yeah. so well behaved. But yeah. that's a lot of pressure. You sure. know, I didn't know that I would ever have children and um, ended up with my, my one baby. And doctors were, because of my cancer, doctors were like, go enjoy your one baby. We don't know how that happened. Have fun. Right. And four months later, I found out I was pregnant again with my second son. Yeah. And so, 
So to go from a, a career woman, you know, no kids on the spectrum, you know, on the plan right. to two babies, marrying a soldier, moving cross country, you know. So I think it was me, um, like so many emotions that motherhood stirred up. Yeah. And so that's the water rushing a river is rushing water than motherhood parenthood is a rush of emotions that you did not even know was under the surface right you know and um in picking you know choosing between my kids it was really funny because or not funny haha but looking back um i would always tell my older one to swim for the shore i would always pick my Mm. younger one and i would always tell my older one swim swim for the swim for the shore swim as hard as you can you know and i'm talking he was like 18 months old and i'm like swim for the shore you know and he's like i don't know english you know (laughs) yeah but um yeah and so but um when i started dream interpretation he so 2012 he would have been five so I realized that as a mom and as a military spouse, my husband had been gone over 50% of his life. And so much of his emotional needs, I was like, you know what? Just cope with it because I've got a baby to take care of right Right. now, you know? And so little man was trying to be brave and be all these things, you know, all dads in Iraq and Afghanistan and mom's a psychopath or whatever. (laughs) Not really. But, you know, I, I wasn't, I was taking care of him and all the capacities that moms do, but I wasn't babying him anymore because I had another baby, you know? But when you look at, when you look at how tiny he was still, you know, and then he still needed that mothering. And so, I shifted big time. When I learned that, it was like life-changing, eye-opening to me. Yeah. And it totally transformed how I mother. Right. And um, thankfully, he's almost 13 now. Yeah. And he's like one of the bravest, most resilient kids that I've, I mean, I guess I'm biased, but. Right. but, But I think in learning that, it taught me how to parent well and, um. And, and just help me in mothering him better. Yeah. You know, so. How, do you, so for not only your own dreams, but for other people who reach out to you, do you just interpret their, I don't mean just like that's all you do. No, no, no. Um, to interpret their dream. And then do you give them action steps afterwards? I, like, I do. Yeah. Um, Instead of saying like, this is yeah. what, this is probably what this is. Yeah. This, and then go to someone else or. No. Like, have that. No, I try not to leave anybody hanging yeah. um, hanging like that because um, if it's not about encouragement, then what's it about? You know, like, I, my my whole countenance, everything about me, every, everything that I want anybody to, that's ever met me, when mm-hmm. they leave my presence, I want them to feel encouraged sure. in some capacity. Right. So even if somebody comes to me and their dream is like, I've heard some weird dreams, you know. Oh, we'll go there. And yeah, yeah, and um but I feel like all dreams in some capacity, even if they're a warning dream, um are encouraging. So I can talk to, you know, say one of these 18 to 24-year-old guys. I can hear a dream and see like 
that is, you know, all the symbols in that, all the different pieces of the story are saying to break up with that girl. You know, even in, and I'll have, because I write, it's all written. I try not, I don't do anything over the phone. Right. Um, because so much more comes out when people write their dreams, um, keywords and symbols and those sort of things. So I'll write to them and go, do you know me? And, you know, they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, I don't know you either. I don't know anything about you. I don't know where you live. I don't know I- anything. anything. Um, but I will tell you that I think that this is a warning dream that you need to make some decisions about a relationship that you're in. Does that make sense? And they'll write me back, yes, oh my gosh, you know, or, or well, maybe a little bit, you know. And yeah. so, but I can still encourage them and go, I would like to encourage you to just be really eyes wide open in moving forward in a relationship. I feel like it's a specific relationship or something yeah. like that. And then it's still encouraging. Right. So, yeah. um, and then I'll have people tell me dreams that I'm like, I feel, you know, in hearing your dream, I, and, and I've had people tell me dreams that, um, I'll know that they've been through a really hard thing, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. an affair or abuse of some sort Mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's all confidential. I do have my degree in counseling, so I try to treat this as a counseling type thing. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. um, But I do have a pastor's heart. And so confidentiality is really important to me. And so um, when they tell me, I'll go, I, I don't know if this is accurate and I don't, you know, I, I don't want to stir anything up unnecessarily, but you might want to seek counsel about, you know, something that you've been right. through in your past or even if like, um, it's been a few years ago now, but I had somebody tell me about a dream and I knew instantly that they were having a, an affair. Like I knew instantly, like it was like they yeah. might as well have written it out. Yeah. And so, but it's not my job to judge. Yeah. And so I said, I would encourage you to be the very best spouse that you can be. And I think that this is a dream that is warning you about decisions that you're making as a spouse. Yeah. And that you are capable and able to make better decisions for your marriage. And they were like, holy moly. <laughs> You know? Okay, I didn't know it was yeah. bad, but now I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's, it it's um, it can get sticky. Yeah. But a lot of times, people like I have repeat people that will come to you know send me messages. Yeah, another dream or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like to be able to help somebody and then give them advice or whatever they need encouragement really not even advice just encouragement and then they go on their way yeah have you ever had anyone that you were like yep i think this is the last time we'll talk like has there been like (laughs) whoa um either super dark yeah like yeah i can't touch this one yeah i i have um so when i was a photojournalist i actually had a lot of soldiers would tell me their dreams yeah i'm sure um, and, and word kind of spreads, you know, that do you what? Do, word, word kind of word spreads, kind of spreads yeah. yeah, um, that you do that. And so I was, a with f- part of my job was DA photos. So promotional photos. Right. And I cannot tell you how many, how many guys would come in to take their promotional photo and they'll be like, Hey, uh, 
so I heard you do like <laughs> dreams too. Yeah. Do you do that? Because I had this weird dream. And um, for me, just as a, I think it was in part because I, I am a spouse too. Right. right. Um, you know, you just hear some of the, the things that are kind of hard to hear, but it's important. You know, I haven't ever had anybody tell me a dream that was so bad that I was like, I never want to talk to you again. But I have had people tell me a dream that maybe showed me a part of them that they hadn't shown to anybody before. Yeah. And like opened up Pandora's box a little bit. Right. And then they'll disappear. And then they'll pop back up like social media or Just whatever. Just to get it off yeah. their chest. Like yeah. can't talk to anyone. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I had several guys that were like, it's it's really nice to talk to somebody who's not holding a clipboard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to anyone's commander. I'm not, you know, I'm right. not telling. I really do take confidentiality so, is so important. Even there's a part on my um, my dream form that people fill out that's like, can I use your dream um, as an example, because I I, w- I mm. hope to write a book about dream. I mean, all of my stories come back to dreams. Um, even this novel that I'm working on right now. Um, Were we? Was I on a dream? Did you ever? Was I in one of your dreams? I don't think so. Okay, all right. About the podcasters. I now. I'm oh like, no no yeah, like, no yeah. This is how it's gonna go. Yeah, I was like, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I um, but. I well, it's funny because I do have dreams about people all the time. I'll be like, "Hey, I had this dream about you." And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. "What's it mean?" Yeah, you know? so, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like, but, yeah, I was throwing no. the curveball to see yeah. what like, yeah, what does it mean? You know. So I dreamed our um, the theme for Dancing with the Stars this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, that it was Wizard of Oz. Oh. Yeah, like, and, and then, it was Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, but um. Yeah, no, I haven't had any dreams about podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> you will tonight. I know. <laughs> um, so for, oh man, where's it going to go with that? Because you're going to be writing a book, more than likely down the road with some of the examples. Yeah. Oh, right. right? So um, even if they check yes, which they almost always do, I don't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't tell their name or any defining right. characteristics. You know, you know, and you could totally. It's your book. Do it. You know, mm-hmm. your right. thing. What if, like, in the, and maybe there's already a book that does this, I don't know, but, like, if you, well, when you write this book mm-hmm. in their activities, right? So, because, like, some of the questions I want to know is, like, what, now I'm probably going to be paying attention a lot more, but mm-hmm. I don't even remember, <laughs> dude, it's probably been years since I remember a dream. Really? Like, yeah, I just. Do you, you wake up really early, though, don't 430. you? 4.30. Yeah, you set your alarm. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's one thing that I tell people is to let yourself sleep. Like maybe one day a month. No, it's grind time, baby. Sleep. Go, 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 yeah. go, go. <laughs> so, and when you live in that, yeah, it's constant. Yeah, that you don't, you're never releasing your subconscious to tell yeah. you some things that maybe you need to know. <laughs> you know, yeah. we all need sleep. Yeah. So, um, and then with a new baby. Oh, I you know, know. I'm sure your sleep is a little interrupted. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can't dream if you're not sleeping. No doubt. <laughs> no so doubt. I tell people that all the they're like, yeah. I don't remember any of my dreams, and I'm like, you never sleep. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I think it's because I'm not. It, for me personally, it's because I'm not there yet. Yeah. Right, yeah. and like when I quote unquote make it mm-hmm. or I'm there, mm-hmm. then maybe 
you yeah. know, but like right now I just, I feel like, man, tomorrow's not promised. Like uh-huh. you right. got to go, right. man. Like yeah. if you want to make this happen, right? you got to make it happen. Well, so the other side that I do is, um, cause I can have a dream. Um, I can go, go to sleep and sleep for 20 minutes and have a dream that oh, is right. like yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. Like I actually dreamed another novel series that I want to do in like a 20 minute dream. Right. And um, so another thing that I'll tell people is, um, and it depends on your spiritual life, like mm-hmm. what, what your beliefs are, your faith and that sort of thing. And um, for me, I am a Christian. And so, but even people who aren't Christians or whatever, they, whatever their belief is, um, to just invite a, sp- a spirit, you know, tell me, tell me the truth, you know, because yeah. I think that before dreams, you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, in that I'm listening, and um, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to know whatever you have to tell me about the day, right? You know, or if there's any message that I need to have, just do you I, have I'm open? I yeah, have open, open heart. Do you, you know? have something like that that you read before you go to bed to magnify your dreams? Um, no, I don't have anything that I read. Like, I don't have any kind of like memorized like, prayers or right like yeah that. or something like but, that um i just if i if i want to dream like because i've gone through seasons even as a dream interpreter where i've gone months and months without dreaming and do you um, think you're not dreaming or do you think you just don't remember your no dream? i'm just not remembering right because we okay. all dream right you okay. know and so um but i'll have like i i went through a really rough time this summer and I wasn't remembering any of my dreams. Yeah. And so I was just kind of feeling like, you know, is this all real or whatever? And um, and then I, I realized that I had just kind of gotten away from that habit of right before I go to sleep going, you know, spirit of truth, any message that you want to tell me tonight. Like, yeah. I'm listening and I'm willing to hear it. Mm. And even if you aren't willing to hear it, like I've had a, you know, and I got into dream interpretation because I was plagued by night terrors and nightmares for years and years. Really? Yeah. That's how I, that's how I got into dream interpretation. And, um, but I have friends who are like, I don't want to dream. I don't even want to sleep because I don't dream. I only have nightmares, Mm. you know, but once you've learned about dream interpretation or you find somebody that's willing to right. you know hear your nightmares like i i have several people that i'm like i'm not afraid of your nightmares like you can't yeah. tell me anything right that's going to make me run run away from you or change my opinion about you right or or impact if if i can help you or not right even if i can't interpret your dream i can maybe encourage you a little bit right you know and so um then that opens them up to to hear more you know and some people are just plagued by you know negative the negative side of things more than positive side yeah. so but even nightmares are telling us stuff yeah you know and that's that kind of goes along with a lot of things in life where you don't understand it mm-hmm. or yeah uh, it's just unfamiliar to you mm-hmm. so you automatically think of the negative like that right. you can see in almost every oh, area of life sure. i remember and this is gonna this is kind of off task, almost <laughs> kind of on task. I remember my my first daughter. Now I say that that's weird. <laughs> so my first daughter, she uh, she used to love playing with bugs, but she had friends who didn't. <laughs> and I was like, 
I have one of those daughters. Yeah, but I was like, it's only they only. My guess at that time was that the only reason why they're not playing with a roly poly is because they it's they're they're misunderstood. They don't understand it. Right. They don't have they're enough information it. about it. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna bite you. Like literally the mm-hmm. softest, like quietest creature right, ever. Right. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's just that, and it hit me, I guess, in that moment, like, oh man, if someone doesn't understand or doesn't have enough information about something, we automatically fear it. Right. You automatically fear what you don't understand. Yeah. Or what you don't know. Why? That's funny about bugs. So one of the, this is a little off too, but my daughter, so she was, she started talking really early, like stupid early. So we got access to her brain. Like, way before you should ever know what people are thinking, right? Like, she was, like, what? six, nine months old, six months old. Really? Talking full sentences before she was Dude, one. the game is on. Yeah. You got a two-month-old. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... So, so, she was, like, a year and a half, two years, maybe. And she was outside playing. I was outside with her. I was reading a book, and she was just, like, drawing with sidewalk chalk. chalk. And she goes, ah, a bee! And there was a bee, like, flying around her. And so I got up to, like, move her. And she goes, no, Mom, I'm just going to pretend it's a butterfly. And then it will leave me alone. Mm. And I was like, what if we all faced our fears that way? No, you know what? I'm just going to pretend this is a butterfly. Yeah. It can't bother me. (laughs) You know? And she went about playing and the bee left. How many times do people? Like us as adults are like, no, stay quiet or <laughs> sit down or stay in that line or, you know, stay structured. If how much could our kids teach us oh my gosh. if we weren't like all yeah. the time with this press of just stay in this mold? Uh, like, isn't that the whole challenge of parenthood to like raise them to be feasible adults? Yeah. <laughs> and, but not squish their spirits. Right. Like, I'm like, I tell my kids all the time. Our goal, me and your dad's goal, is to raise you to be a good human. Mm -hmm. And I was like, anything outside of that is gravy. Like, yes, I hope you, you know, all go to incredible colleges and become cardiologists. Yeah. You know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, have we raised you to be a good human Human being? being. Yeah, no doubt. and, And they're at the age right now where it's like, we're literally raising them to be humans. Like, humans brush their teeth. (laughs) Oh, that kind of human. (laughs) Humans wear clothes in public, you know? Yeah. And so it's the basics. But um, with just bringing it into dreams, like, we use dreams in our parenting and my kids, it's really cool now that I know some of this stuff because they'll tell me their dreams and it'll give me insight to them that they maybe won't, you know, my, my oldest, like I said, he's almost 13. Yes. We've moved 11 times in his life. We've only been here for two years. Our last two duty stations, we averaged about 14 months right. at those duty stations. You guys can be here for a little bit longer? For Yeah, for gotcha. my husband's retiring here. We're okay. staying here. We bought a house. And, um, and we've told him that repeatedly, like, we're not going anywhere. We're staying here, you know, but we hit that two year mark and he started getting a little nervous and like, he's stopped inviting some of his friends over. And I, I started to wonder if he's like distancing himself for preparation because he's thinking that we're going to move. Yeah. So I've asked him a couple of times and he's like, Oh no, I know we're not going to, I know it's fine. But subconsciously. Yeah. But then a couple of days ago he goes, 
man, so I had a dream last night that you and dad told me that we were moving again. And I was like, yeah, I think you've been worried about that. And he was like, well, I don't think so. And I was like, well, you know, you've done this and this. And he was like, well, you know, we have been here two years. In the last two places we went, you said we were never moving to. You know, and it was like, so it yeah. gave my husband and I an opportunity to sit down with him and go, look, dude, like, for this reals? is it. Like, <laughs> we're for reals, like, not going anywhere. Like, yeah. we couldn't even go anywhere if we wanted to, yeah. you know? And um, and he was like, really? And, you know, and he's a sweet kid. And he yeah. got kind of choked up and he was like. That's so cool. Well, do you, do you think I could, like, paint my room? You know, wow. and it's like, and he's never told us that he wanted to paint his room, you know? And so yeah. it's like, well, yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess it's the little things like that you don't think about. If you're moving every two years, right. I mean, right. you're not painting your room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like little stuff like that. It really, it really is. You know, it took us being here for almost a year before I bought plants. Right. And then the day I was at Walmart and it was like, oh, and I was like, oh my God. I can buy plants. Yeah. You know, because you, like, I used to have all these plants. I love plants. And, yeah. But it's hard when you, like, take care of a plant and then you, they don't let you move with them. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you gotta give it all away. Yeah, because the plant's grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um. but it, it is, it is interesting in the, you know, dreams just tell us so much. And my husband, he's a realist and, you know, very logical, very methodical, you know, we do these things, grind and grind, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, but now he's been putting up with me for a really long time. And so like with the, with the whole dream thing, he saw transformation in me, um, and learning about it, that I don't have nightmares anymore. And even if I do have nightmares, I address them instead of... In the dream? No. Like, when right. I wake up, um, you know, I had a reoccurring nightmare shortly after we moved here. And um, it was just fear-based. And it, yeah. with his unit and his new job and some of the stuff that he's doing that... And even, you know, because I'm a military spouse and we're at 19 years and, you know, I'm pretty seasoned at this point. And right. You know, he's done several tours, and, and it's just this constant um, dialogue that I think, see, you know, seasoned military spouses are like, oh, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. I'm resilient. I'm, you know, I can handle this. I can do that. No problem. Da, 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 da. And then um, when I was having this reoccurring dream, it opened up a conversation between me and him where I was like, hey, look, man. At our last duty station, you say you were retiring. Yeah. You never deploying again. You're doing all this stuff. And now, here, what, like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? And he was like, all right, so I really am staying here. I really am doing this. I really, I'm, I'm totally fine. You yeah. know, but it was, it allowed me to be a little bit more vulnerable. Right. And, you know, and, and also realize that I did have some issues with moving here. Yeah. You know, as much as I said, wherever you go, babe, you know, I'll follow you. Where you lead, I'll follow, you know. <laughs> yeah. That kind of dialogue that we get. What I... So... Yeah, no. And I think, uh, honestly, I think for the uh, spouses who are listening to what mm-hmm. you just said, I feel like you're going to connect with a lot of people. <laughs> cool. Um, bring it. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> with uh, what kind of activities would you have in that book? So for me... Not, not saying you'd put activities mm-hmm. in there. No, that's actually already like part of the plan. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because like 
then I start want to I want to I want to roll into like okay so, and I've heard this before. As soon as you wake up, write down your dreams. Yes. Like. Yep. Like those type of activities. What other activities would? Um. So the biggest help? ones that I tell people are um the having an open heart when you go to bed. You right. Know? Yeah. And so I'm doing that, and then as soon as you wake up, I don't write it down. I don't. I don't write it down. Do a if you have a smartphone, do a talk mm. to text, and or a voice memo, and tell the story of your dream. Right. And so one of the hardest things for people that I find when they're wanting to get their dream interpreted is they're always like it. I constantly have to be like it doesn't have to make sense. Right. You know, like yeah, because they'll edit. And... Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't edit it. Yeah. Don't try to make it make sense. You don't have to stop like every two sentences and go, and then this happened, but that didn't make sense. That doesn't matter. Like, right. it's, you know, whatever you're, you're doing it. Yeah. It's you're fine. in a, we fly in our dreams. So it, like, it doesn't, right. have, none of this has to make sense, right. right? It's your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's important to have all the information too. So uh, like, I try to tell people, remember colors. Um, try to remember colors, numbers, mm. um, uh, like the lighting, how you felt emotionally in the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are really important to getting an accurate um, interpretation of it. Yeah. So, what I don't know how much time you have, but one We're of good. one of the things that um, that I love with dreams is keywords and. Um, and symbols like all dreams are are keywords and symbols and so the mind is a really incredible thing so when you dream about a celebrity it can mean um that you like admire that celebrity or you they have some features that you want or Mm. um there are things about them that that you you like like so, and, I, and I'm going somewhere with this. So, this summer I had a dream about Neil Armstrong and Justin Timberlake. Okay? Okay. And those are both famous people who I admire. Yeah. Um, so, when I went to interpret it, I looked up astronaut and showman, you know? Oh, uh, okay. And... That did not make any sense. Yeah. You know? And right. so so I was like, and, and there were other parts of the dream, you know, we were, we had had like a Super Bowl party and it was like they were my cousins or something. Like Justin Timberlake was my cousin. Of course. And, and Neil Armstrong was like our grandpa <laughs> and he was cooking in this kitchen. And what like, was he cooking? I, he was chopping up fruits and vegetables. Oh, good. And yeah. And like so, him. yeah. And he was like talking to and i could draw you right now a picture of what that open concept house looked like like exactly what it looked like what the furniture looked like yeah what justin was doing like football game going and people had just left like the party was over you know like people were left we're kind of cleaning up and grandpa neil armstrong is making (laughs) you know fruit smoothies or something chopping whatever um, green pepper specifically and watermelon, which I don't like either one of those. 
So he might be my grandpa. I, I like them both. I know. So, but when I was doing the stream, I was like, the showman and the astronaut did not fit together. But in keywords, the words arm strong and timber lake. Lake. There's that water again. Yeah. Arm strong and timber and lake. Those four separate words all like, I was like, like I blew my own mind. Yeah. When, (laughs) when I looked at, when I did my keyword lineup and everything and it was like, it, it, it was, it was super eye opening for me. And, um, and honestly, it's part of why I resigned from seed was, was that dream. Like, so I, in some dreams, I think our decision makers for us, you know, that they're yeah. telling us what we need to do. Yeah. And, um, and I think Timberlake was like, okay, after this next big event, you need to resign. So you don't timber into some emotions. You know, like collapse. Right. Timber means collapse and like basically like an emotional breakdown sort of thing. And so I, and that was when I started looking at what I like developing an exit strategy for being able to write and do all the things that I needed to do, you know? And it wasn't so much about leaving seed as it was about, okay, it's time to stop putting this off, this writing and dream interpretation and all these things that you're called to do and go do them. Yeah. You know? And so, um, are you, are you working on the dream book and the cancer book at the same time? No, no. I'm just doing the novel right now. Okay. So, but, Is it kind of like but the like novel, scratch and she like to do the dream oh, book? Oh, yeah, a little bit because I am so passionate about it. Yeah. But I am getting a lot. I do work with that a lot just naturally right, right. because people sense. come yeah. to me a lot with dreams. So I'm I I'm so I'm I'm getting to scratch that it a yeah, little bit in in the actual act of dream interpret interpreting. Right, yeah. You know. Um, I would like eventually to be able to speak and teach dream interpretation and, you know, go to different churches or different organizations and talk about the power that our dreams have, um, not only in dreams and hopes for our future, but literal dreams that we have at night and um, to be able to teach in that capacity. Um, And I think that a a book will help me with that to reach that that point. Um, You know, because sometimes... You don't always get invited to go speak somewhere unless they know that you're not right. full of malarkey. So, yeah, right. Um, makes, or yeah. gonna go up there and you know do some yeah different sketchy kind of things or whatever they might think. So yeah. Um. So it it's not really it's not as um pressing on me as right. the novel is. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I. The part of the novel that, and part of what I want to write into the novel is the importance of the dreams that I had when I was going through cancer. Right. Um, I didn't realize that dreams meant anything at that time. So now I'm able to write about it and not be embarrassed about my dreams or, you know, because sometimes people are like, that's a weird dream. Yeah. I don't know what that means. You know. I've always knew them meant something. I just never... Yeah. Like dive deep into it. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. And then. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, I, I didn't, I didn't even know for sure that they meant something, you yeah. know? Um, I grew up pretty, um, 
you know, very quiet Christian home kind of upbringing and um, not a whole lot of room for supernatural. You know, my mom and dad are both believers and, you know, believe in supernatural. Now we have all kinds of conversations about it. But um, I, you know, I had a lot of other outside influences at my church and that sort of thing that talking about dream interpretation or supernatural experiences were not widely discussed. Even, you know, prayers that had been answered weren't if they were radical, like a tone it down a little bit, yeah, you know? And so, gotcha. um, but that's all part of what I would like to incorporate in the novel. Um, because it was dreams were the reason I held on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. you should definitely be, and I'm sure you are as real as possible with that, that novel. I mean, yeah, I would say don't hold anything back. Yeah, yeah. You well, know? and that's where I am right now with it, and that's why I feel ready to to finish it, to just do it, right. you know, um, because I don't, um, I'm not, in, I don't, I, I don't know how to put it, but it's like I don't have any questions left about that season of my life. Right. Like, I know, I know what I was wanting to learn. I, or not wanting to learn, but what I needed to learn during that season. And I know how it can help other people. And I know, um, sorry, my phone rings. Um, like I, I know that there was a purpose, there was a point. Yeah. You know, do you ever, and this will be one of the last questions. Do you ever, uh, so you said the three dreams, teeth falling out, mm-hmm. car crashes and water. Mm-hmm. Now, if you reverse back in time pretty far, mm-hmm. automobiles weren't even a thing. Right, right. Um, and teeth falling out was probably definitely a thing, so they didn't think <laughs> much about it. Uh-huh. Do you ever think about what those dreams may have looked like, like before those top two out well, of three? So, um, faith-based women, all, all my stuff's going to come back to faith. But there are, a, like, tons of dreams in the Bible that I did I – I wasn't raised reading all of these dream, you know, stories in the Bible and dream interpretation, but it's been a legit thing at least that long, (laughs) right? you know, where like they dug what's his face up out of the prison to come interpret his dream for King whoever, you know, about (laughs) whatever was going on, you know, and I mean, very detailed you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm trying to not make it a faith based Like I can quote it. But, um, but you know, but it, it had that, that amount of importance. And I mean, it, it's, so it's been around at least that long, Yeah, you know, and uh, dreams are, are through all cultures on earth. Like every culture has dreams and dream interpreters and different types of dreams. And, um, that's been a really interesting journey learning about that. Um, do you think that there's something in all human beings dreams, like a connection? Mm -hmm. Like I, I do for sure. And I think it's the spirit of truth. I yeah. think it's, I think it, not only do I think it, it's our own truth and our inner spirit Yeah. that all, all of humanity for all of time is connected in some capacity. Yeah. But also that there's a greater power. Yeah. That, 
in in right. that there's no other way that I can I can define it. I mean, if if I wasn't if I wasn't seeking the spirit of truth and I wasn't open to truth and against lies, I'm not going to I'm not going to listen to lies of the enemy, then I don't think that I ever would have learned about dreams. Right. Because it's scary otherwise. Yeah. You know, if you're like I'm open to whatever you have to say to me. Well, there's some things I'm not open to what you have to say to me. Right. You know, but there is one spirit of truth yeah. that I'm willing to listen to. Right. And I want to know whatever, however, whoever he yeah. has to say to me about my life. Yes. It's kind of, and that's. Sorry, I could preach right No, now. no, 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 no. I love it. <laughs> there's, there's power in like, it, though. Yeah. Do, yeah. I mean, do you think, like, the connection being, so yes. Mm-hmm. agreed and that <laughs> makes me think of like i know my wife nine months of labor or mm-hmm. nine months of labor no. did not mean I that hope not. no oh my gosh <laughs> being pregnant for nine months i'm watching the mm-hmm. battery because that's why i gonna keep doing that okay <laughs> but um that's what blows me away about the whole nine month thing because i know it felt mm-hmm. like forever and how crazy is it that a subconscious like thought their own thoughts, their own process, their own mm-hmm. dreams is like shoved into this thing that only grows for the nine thing. months. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. blows me away. And knowing <laughs> that connection and like their their own everything, like yeah. subconsciously is there. Yeah. Just, it just blows me away. Well, and that's like, that's some of the stuff that I, I love too. Like I love inner healing and I love learning about that kind of stuff and helping people reach that place. Yeah. And to just know that, like, I I truly believe that from the point of conception, we have a con- a heart and yeah. soul. And that, that that is growing even in the womb. Do you, you think know? it's before that? I just, I, that just I hit me. Know. I don't, I've I never don't asked know. that. Yeah, but I don't in know. In that perfect moment, you right. know, like, so, so, because it seems so powerful. So my daughter, the fantastic little weirdo yes. that started talking way before. I feel like that's he, on a shirt, too. It should be. And <laughs> she, she, um, like, that's her hashtag, fantastic <laughs> little weirdo. Um, and, she, but, but she was, like, two years old, and she was like, well, mommy, where was I before I became Libby? And it's like. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know, and she's like, like where, where are well, you there? but where was I? But where was I? You know? And so, and that Crazy. was, yeah. So it, it's really, I don't think that those are answers that we'll ever have this side of heaven, but it's sure fun right. to think about, you yeah, know? Yeah, it is. And so, um, and to just have that capacity, like, cause when I started studying dreams, like it was really interesting cause I had one encounter with a dream interpreter and it blew my blew my world wide open. Right. And so I dove into dream interpretation research. Yeah. And um and like and that happened in 2011 and then, you know, I was like hardcore in it and you know, brilliant. I I'm still in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but it's interesting in researching and reading things like I can recall dreams that I had as a very small child that I was afraid of and then going, oh, wow, you know, I don't remember my family going through this season, 
But I know from family discussions and that sort of thing that this is what was happening in my family at the time. Right. And this is why I, as a little three-year-old, had this dream. Yeah. Know, three or four or whatever it is, you know. So I I got into a conversation with a friend and his mom. I was like, what's – and it, I don't know. These, th- these thoughts just come to me and it <laughs> no, doesn't no. make any sense. <laughs> and I was like, what is your earliest thought? Like, right. Like if you can just – like, whatever you're thinking now, go further back. Like, right. can, what is that first thought? And we all kind of talked about it. Yeah. And I was like, mine was walking down the street in Florida. And uh-huh. I came here when I was in kindergarten. Oh, and I was wow. like, was I walking? Was I being helped? But either way, I yeah. remember going down to my great-grandfather's house. Mm-hmm. Just at, going there, I remember everyone hanging out in the carport. I remember taking a right into the house. And I can describe the house. And my mom said that's what it wow. was. Uh-huh. And then my, yeah. my buddy was like, yeah, you probably dreamt that. Mm-hmm. And then your dreams became as if that was real. Yeah. And I was like, Possible. no, I don't want to believe that, though. I want to believe <laughs> but, that. But if I you know, yeah, there, if, you, you, know what if I mean? you can describe it, then it probably is a memory. You know, like gonna... I have I my very first memory is um, sitting on the floor underneath the piano while my mom was playing. How old were you? Um, so when I've talked to my mom about it, she thinks that I was probably between nine months and like, and like one. Right. And what about that moment? You know, like, yeah, well, and I, I remember because I remember the sunlight like in the window on my mom and like, isn't, isn't it amazing? Like to be that little, I remember the carpet, like the carpet was super important. In that dream, like, I remember my fingers in the carpet, and it was thick, like, orange shag carpet. So when I told my mom about it, she was like, well, we moved out of that house when you were, you know, 13 months old, or whatever, it was right. two years old. And, um, and I remember that, but then I remember seeing my mom and thinking that she is the most beautiful person on earth. Oh, man. Yeah. So I told my mom that, and she was like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that was years and years ago yeah. that I told my mom that I remember that. And she was like, I cannot believe that you remember that. You had to have seen a picture or something. Right. But we don't have yes. any pictures, you know, of me sitting on the I know. Floor I feel like they were trying to beat the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like trying to beat it down to me. Like, right. no, it was a dream. I was right. like, but it felt so like they said the mm-hmm. same thing. Like maybe you saw that in pictures. Yeah. And I was like, it feels I so, yeah. so real. Yeah. That's it die. It's my fan. It's connected to my... uh, like, did the battery go? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. So, my daughter... So, that... (laughs) Good ears, though. It keeps going back to my daughter. Um, And I almost said this earlier. And now that you brought this up, I'm just going to say it. Go for it. So, she... um, So, when I was pregnant with her, we were told that she... There was possibility that she had trisomy 18, which is a genetic disorder that's not viable. Um, Mm. Most people most babies don't survive it. They're gotcha. usually um, stillbirth. Right. And so my husband was in Afghanistan and I was like at rock bottom. Like I I was just um, trying to be brave and be resilient and yeah. be that spouse that's like, I've got this. I've got a preschooler and a kindergartner and a full-time job and I'm pregnant with a baby that's not going to live, you know? Yeah. And my husband's in Afghanistan and yeah. all this stuff. And my husband was just like, she's going to be fine. I think that something's, you know, the, the test was wrong. And I refused um, amniocentesis 
just because of personal reasons. Yeah. And I was like, even if something is wrong with her, it doesn't change. Like, I'm still going to carry her to term, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, then she was born perfectly fine. Right? Crazy. Like, yeah. And um, and that's not to say that that babies who are born with disabilities aren't are any less right. of a miracle. No, 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 yeah, you know, they're sure. they're all like if you're breathing, you're a miracle. Yeah. Like this is a miracle. Right. You know? Agreed. So I didn't know what ha- you know, I I do believe in miracles and that sort of thing and that um and I also believe that science isn't you know, a right. perfect, especially obese stuff isn't yeah. isn't a perfect art, you right. know, or a perfect science. Yeah. Um and so so my What did the doctor do? What? Yeah, so the doctor said there were three specialists there, and um, one of the doctors was like, so at 37 weeks, my mom took me in for, I had to get regular ultrasounds. I'd been in preterm labor since like 27 weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, So I was on bed rest and all of these different things, and my mom took me in for this ultrasound at 37 weeks, and we were told that she didn't have hands or feet or brain development. And at 37 weeks, as soon as they put the little tab on my tummy, we could see her left hand. I mean, just clear. And, like, and it, it was like she went bam. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. On, on a glass window or something. And me and my mom and the ultrasound tech all like sucked the oxygen out of the room. Like we were like, <gasps> yeah. you know, and I remember and my mom was like, see, she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. You know, and and, you know, my mom has super strong faith, and she was mm-hmm. like, bleh, I'm not believing any of that. She's fine. She's fine. You're fine. Just keep cooking her, you know? And so um, and it was great. But the ultrasound tech, I remember her looking at me, and she goes, don't you ever, ever lose hope. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know? So fast forward two years later, like now I've started going to church. I have some, like, have learned some things about myself and you know my husband and and we've just kind of grown a little bit spiritually but we weren't like church going people does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. okay so so we didn't like read the bible together mm-hmm. like go to revivals or right. anything like that we were just kind of like okay we're going to relearn some things from sure. our childhood um so I had I had my kids and my I was homeschooling my boys at the time. My daughter was um, had just turned two, <clears throat> and I'm gonna try to say this without crying. Okay, I've <laughs> so, I've literally got tissue in here. Okay, okay. Just, okay. So she had just turned two, and um, while my boys were reading and like doing a worksheet and stuff, so so um, homeschooling with a two year old is like homeschooling with a raccoon in the room right like they're just in everything she was still in a diaper like you know so that created an interesting element you know and so um i i had my desk was on um like i had my computer open and facebook i had just been scrolling on facebook while my boys were like doing little worksheets so i got up to go check what my kids were doing and my daughter crawls up in the spinny chair, you know, to start playing in my chair at my desk. Mm-hmm. And she stood up in the chair and she's like bouncing on the back of the chair. And I tell her to sit down and I turn around and she sits down and she's looking at my computer screen and it's just Facebook. And somebody had posted this painting that was done of Jesus, like 
by it's an 11 year old prodigy i bet you've seen the painting it's like a famous painting anyway yeah. so this picture is open like on my facebook page i didn't go looking for it yeah and she goes oh, i know him and i was like what <laughs> you know yeah. so i walk over and i go what and she goes yeah he see me in your tummy he looked me in my eyes oh man and i was like what and she goes he touched me with his glory she said that what what that's so, crazy and i'm i'm not i don't say stuff like that yeah <laughs> you know um and it, it was just it was so powerful to me in that yeah. moment like i was like all right sold yeah like <laughs> but i mean i was like laid out yeah. you know like all right i'm all in yeah. <laughs> all in on this jesus thing Dang. You know? so um but but the thing that got me was like those aren't words that she had heard right like i i don't walk around saying right you know e- right. even now yeah. sold out on the jesus thing right, right. i don't walk around saying yeah. glory glory yeah, you know yeah. like i the this just not in our dialogue yeah you know? sure like like you know my husband's just as much church as he is whiskey on a Friday night, yeah, you know, like yeah. it, it just wasn't she something that she would have heard us say, Yeah, you know? And, um, when, when she said that, when she was like, you know, Oh, I know him. He saw me in your tummy. He looked me in my eyes and touched me with his glory. Like, and have she, you told her that since? Or she there where you could tell her that or Um I don't I don't know if I've ever talked to her about it. So we actually have a replica of that painting now. Oh. Like uh, of course. Yeah. Is it signed I mean, by Jesus small. on the back? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. So and it's actually small and it's in my desk. Yeah. Like I keep it like yeah. kept it in there. But um and it's not a picture that's that it it is famous, but it's you know, it. I think this girl painted it in like m- maybe you know two thousand eight or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like it, it's not. It's not like an old nineteen seventies right, right. picture of Jesus yeah. that she could have seen at her grandma's house sure. or something like right, that. Right. You know. Um. And and the thing was like she was in such a you know little two year old raccoon kind of thing that she's like crawling and spinning on my chair like she didn't climb up there to look at the picture like she was playing with the chair yeah and then and it caught my attention because she was still like she stopped oh yeah and like the way that she was like yeah you know and like it just i mean it, it knocked me out yeah like and and i was like what'd you say and she was just like yeah. You know, and I'm like, no. No, like, no, no. <laughs> what did you, you do? <laughs> so then yeah. I, t- I told my husband like that night and I couldn't even get it out. Like yeah, I was no like, doubt. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he was like, well, I mean, she definitely has the story to go along with it. Like, yeah. I mean, right. It's, it's, it's not like that didn't happen. We already know that happened, you know? And so, but so that makes me think that. There's a capacity for us to even know our memories and our dreams in the, in belly. the womb, you yeah. know, like to recognize it. 
So, um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, She's almost eight. I could probably ask her about we'll it. Or show again. her the picture. Yeah, and, and see just, if she says anything. Hey, who's this? Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. Yeah. So, and then she does know the story of not having hands or feet. Yeah. Like, because she'll actually tell people that. Because we changed her name because of it. So. Mm. What's your name? Um, Libby Elise. So. Um, and we had originally, we named her Felicity Elise um, right after we got the diagnosis. And so, and actually my oldest son told us. He was like, her her name is Felicity Elise, and she's going to be just fine. Yeah. He, like, he told us that yeah. when she, we were pregnant, and we were like, okay, you're five. <laughs> and so, but we both actually really like the name. Yeah. And um, it means God's promise of happiness. Gotcha. So, we had decided that if she was born, you know, with um, without hands and feet, that we wanted her to be happy and yeah. joyful. Yeah. And so... Um, we just picked that name. And then my husband was in Afghanistan when she was born. And he called me. And it was this whole big debate because he could have come back when she was born because of, you know, the medical stuff. Yep. But um, he really wanted to stay in, stay with his unit. And um, and he also, he was like, I just feel like she's going to be fine. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, and, and he was right. And so when she was like, two days old, two or three days old. I was still in the hospital because of the complications and stuff. And um, he called me. He was like, hey, did you fill out her um, her birth certificate yet? And I said, no. And he was like, okay, because I really want to change her name. And I was like, to what? Because he always had really terrible ideas. And so I was like, and he told me, he was like, well, I really just want to name her Libby Elise. And I was like, well, can I, let me look up what it means. Yeah. Because I don't know what Libby means. And we we had wanted Libby to be her nickname, but he was like, no, I want it to be just Libby. Right. You know? And, um, and he goes, no, I, I already looked it up, and it means God's faithful to his promises. Mm. And I was like. And that is true. <laughs> you know? Okay, hubby, you've done your homework. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he was more more of a faith-filled man at the time than I was. Right. You know? So I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, she's doing pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, she, she was totally fine. And then, so, one of the things that she gets asked all the time is, what's your real name? Because Libby's usually a nickname. Right. And she's like, it's just Libby. And it means God's faithful to his promises. Mic drop. Yeah. Like, back up. Yeah. So, but, so she has heard that sort of story. Yeah. And then she'll randomly be like, my name used to be Felicity, but then I grew hands and feet. So now my name's Libby. And that opens up a whole can of worms that people are like, what? (laughs) You know? Okay. Then, okay. Then I grew hands. And yeah. Feet. Like that happened at the soccer yeah. field a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Then I grew hands thum, thum. and feet. Yeah. It's like a lizard grows her tail back. Thum, thum. Yeah. Oh. And all the parents on the sidelines are like. <laughs> and one of the moms was like, I feel like there's more to that story. Yeah. And I was like, a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So. That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. No. And I appreciate you sharing that story because that's a cool yeah. story. That's a yeah. cool story. Yeah. We are running up on uh, 
time. And honestly, I think I talked. So Kelsey was on the podcast. I think uh-huh. I talked for her to her for like three plus hours. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And I got another appointment coming yeah, up and womp, yeah. womp. Because yeah. I'd go deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's why I think maybe I should just sit out of one. Uh-huh. And you guys just, bleh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It'd be so cool. Well, and I feel like dream interpretation leads into what she's doing over there at the center so yeah. much, you know, like, and, um, dream interpretation is one of those interesting things because it really is so therapeutic for yeah. people. Like people are plagued by dreams. Yeah. And, I mean, even not, even not a nightmare, like people can have a dream that is just weird right. and you can't get it out of your head. Yeah. And it means something. What is you this? Know, yeah. Or yeah. like you keep going back to it and it's like, ugh, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it's so, it's helpful in that therapeutic kind of way. And then it's also like, um, before the hurricane had canceled what they were doing at Prest, she had that freak show for her. Yeah. Thing. And She's on the podcast, too. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, cool. So I told Ashley was, like, calling all freaks and geeks. And yeah. I was like, hey, you know, dream interpretation is a little freaky. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, I forgot you did that. Please come out. Yeah. But then when it got rescheduled, I wasn't able to go. But, yeah. So it really, like, it goes in that capacity. And then it goes on the church side of things. Yeah. And then, I mean, it just touches every part of of our being, you know, dreams are so vital. Yeah. And, um, I know. I want to ask the I want to ask the wife and my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Again, weird saying that. <laughs> um what did they dream or you know yeah. like I just want to cuz that this some this not for me not regular conversation like mm-hmm. and now I want to know a little bit deeper on you know what what's happening mm-hmm. when all else is quiet but their mind. Right. You know, I want right. to know I want to know now. Yeah. Well, it, it says a lot. Like, it's been really insightful for our marriage. Right. And um, our kids. Like, it's a conversation at the dinner table now, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, did any, has anybody had any weird dreams this week? Right. You know? So. I bet it, some are like, I ain't talking about that dream I just yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not here, not now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Especially so, with my boys hitting puberty. Oh, they're yeah, like, that, mom. Nope. There's some dreams you don't need. Nope. Here. I dreamt about <laughs> veggies right, last night, right, Mom. Right. Um, <laughs> so since I've kind of peppered you with questions, what question do you have for me? Oh. Would you ever get a dream interpreter? Oh, yeah. No doubt. You would? Yes. That's why I want to pay a little bit more attention because I just don't. Yeah. And and I, and I think about – so I started thinking like, man, what do I dream? And I think I just dream about waking up <laughs> so I can like – do what Get I got to do, you yeah, know? Yeah. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't dream about that. I don't yeah. know what I dream. Well, just invite spirits to exactly. talk to you. Exactly. And know? I will, yeah. for sure, no doubt. Yeah. And, and then, probably ask the wife to do it, too. You know what's weird is, so when people do that, they're like, oh, so that, should I oh, set that, my... that won't work. Then, no, no, and no. Then inevitably, I, they text me like within oh, a week and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't even yeah. sleep now. Like I'm dreaming so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, if you invite the energy, like everything's energy. Right, right. If you invite it, it's got to mm-hmm. show you something. Yeah. Um, do you for do you think I should do that on the weekend? Like a time that I would usually sleep in the six no, <laughs> instead of do a 430 not thing? Not necessarily. Because um, like what if it gets good and then my alarm clock goes off, I guess, as well. Well, I don't think that a dream ever ends inappropriately. Uh, like, I think it's always think the it. best timing. Oh. 
Okay. Like, I, I really do. Um, and I mean, what, like I said, you can have a dream and just in during a cat nap, you know? Yeah. And there's, you don't have to be doing, you know, eight hours of uninterrupted sleep to yeah. get a good dream okay. in, you know? I'm going to hit you up as soon, yeah, as, it, as, do soon it. as it comes do through. It. Yeah, and um, the platform that I'm on the most is Instagram. Yeah. Um, so where can it, they find you? Yeah, Listeners and yes. viewers, Listeners, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, first of all, my website, if you want to know the, a little bit more about me rather than just giving me your dreams, yeah. which I, Give I, me honor, your dreams. I honor and appreciate <laughs> and love. Um, but there is a pretty extensive about me with my background in education and yeah. dream interpreting credentials and all yeah. that kind of thing, um, which you don't have to have. Anybody can interpret dreams. Yeah. But, um, so my website is my name, AlyssaHennessy.com. So oh, um, okay. super easy. And there's a dream form on there that they can go. There's a drop down under storytelling that has writing, speaking, dream interpretation, because all of that is storytelling and cut some capacity. Dream Dreams are just the stories we're telling ourselves. Right. So, um, but they can go in and click on the form and send me their dreams that way. Gotcha. Or they can, um, I'm also on Facebook, but I don't check it as much. But on Instagram, they can DM me dreams if they want. Where would they find you on Instagram? What's your handle? Um, Alyssa Hennessy, or Alyssa, uh. it's Alyssa D. Hennessy. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. Apparently, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's such a great name. I feel I like you'd be, Oh my gosh, that's why everyone <laughs> wants it. So, guys, if you inter- if you uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, obviously, there's more podcasts to come. So, so subscribe. I really screwed this sentence up. <laughs> at Proven by Ruben. Subscribe at Proven by Ruben. And thank you. Yeah. So thank much you for so coming much today. For having me. We're gonna do it again with Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then the next time I'll come back, I'll have like a hardcover book to give you. That you're going to sign. Yes. Yes. Of course. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank right, you so cool. much. Thank you. See ya. Yay.